Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about conferences and events that you love and why. Thank you for your thoughts and ideas. This week, I wanted to ask you about portfolios for student learning. What do you use and what are the benefits of using a digital portfolio to store, track and give feedback on learning? I'd love to hear from you. Please share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is walkabouts. Why just talk about it when you can walk about it? I love the idea of active learning, and the idea of getting learners moving is even more exciting for me. Walkabouts are more than brain breaks. These web-based lessons activate pre-K to grade 2 content with fun, standards-based movement. This curriculum supplement integrates language arts, mathematics, and reading content with real exercises, making active learning easy, all with no special equipment, training, or extra space needed. Walkabouts are on-demand adventures that transform any space into a movement-rich environment where students engage in physical activity while they learn. While the resources are limited to younger learners, the concept is something for all of us to learn from when we activate learning situations. It's worth a look, even if you teach older students. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below, walkabouts.com. Last week, we talked about parent education with EdTech in your school. If you're interested in learning more, Go back and listen to last week's episode. Three of the suggested resources for parent education are Common Sense Media, tech.ed.gov, and connectsafely.org. There are many, many more, but these were three that were shared the most. I've put the links to these in the podcast notes for you, so definitely check them out. This week, I wanted to talk about digital portfolios for students. As I think about my experience as a classroom teacher in both a traditional and non-traditional schooling system, I think about the power of sharing learning and transparent portfolios. As a teacher, one of the key elements was open, honest relationships with home, so learning could continue. Learning partnerships with parents were critical, and that meant keeping them updated about their child's progress at all times. Quarterly reports or parent conferences just don't cut it. Portfolios that demonstrate learning and progress daily or weekly are critical for the success of learning on an ongoing basis. And that's the power of digital solutions today. Tools like Seesaw and Spaces EDU do this for our kids and allow us to bring this into the classroom with ease. Digital portfolios as repositories of evidence of learning and growth can be used in multiple ways. 
They're helpful to the teacher for planning instruction, engaging student understanding, and for communicating student progress with families and, of course, sparking conversations at home. They can also be helpful in creating a culture of learning in the classroom, where students look to each other for knowledge and understanding. And they're a useful tool for students to reflect on their own personal growth over the course of a year, no matter what their age is. Portfolios can serve different purposes, especially depending on our kids' age, which dictate what goes in them and how they're used, and of course how they're shared. For more public-facing portfolios, students generally create fine-tuned products. These are portfolios that students may use to showcase their works for awards, internships, jobs, and college applications, especially in secondary years. Work shared here may connect students with experts and add their voice to larger conversations around issues that they deeply care about, while also validating their agency as members of a global community. These portfolios may also be a place for them to celebrate their work with their family, friends, classmates, and school. No matter how they're used and what age we're using them with, these portfolios can help build confidence and excitement around student learning. As I think about student digital portfolios, it's critical that we train our teachers in not just how to use these tools, but also how to use them for the right reasons. How and why do we use them to add value to student learning? And how do we train parents to be reflective in the learning process too? I'd love to hear what you do and learn about the digital portfolios for learning that you use. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Nancy Squicciarini. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Nancy Squicciarini, who is a longtime connection of mine and inspirational leader based in Luxembourg. Nancy is a head of community relations at the International School of Luxembourg, of which she's been an educator and leader there for more than 30 years. If you've connected with Nancy online, you'll know how passionate she is about amplifying others' voices and inspirational in her leadership. She's a trainer and a steering committee member and network leader for Women Ed Luxembourg. In addition to this, she was also the chair of ECIS Women in Education Division. Nancy is the leader of the Women in Education course and community on eduspark.world, which is an opportunity for female leaders from all over the world to come together to inspire, lead, and guide the next generation of leaders and learners. Nancy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Craig, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm thrilled, thrilled to be here. Yes, let's get started. I'm excited. Thank you. Awesome. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Perfect. So currently, I am head of community relations at the International School of Luxembourg. And what that means is my team is responsible for uh, admissions, communication, marketing, marketing, engagement, and outreach. So it's really how do we promote the reputation of ISL to the greater community, but also we do a lot internally in terms of building community, a sense of who and what we are, elevating the values of ISL. So so for me, it's a perfect job because I'm kind of like the cheerleader of ISL. 
it, it's perfect for me. Imagine I get to meet with parents and students and staff, and this is actually a full-time job, which I get paid for, which I love. So I feel like I'm privileged to have this position. That's amazing. And, and you know, I really think ISL are really privileged to have you as well. You've oh. been there for more than 30 years now. This is really rare in schools. What's kept you at ISL and what do you love about your school community? Yeah, it's so funny you say that, Craig, because, you know, I meet so many educators who say, oh, this is my seventh international school. This is my fifth. And they're like, oh, Nancy, how many for you? And I'm like, one. And they just look at me. Um, I th- they think I'm crazy. I, I think my story is a little bit different because I my um, entry into international school education was because I fell in love with someone who was Belgium. You know, he came from Belgium. He came from Liège, and I followed him here. So I really didn't have much knowledge about international education except when I started exploring uh, the career opportunities. And he and I were looking at different schools. We looked at Brussels and Paris, and it was Luxembourg where uh, he was able to get a job. And I was able to start my career here in 1991 as a teacher. And I taught at the school for 19 years. Before that, I taught five years in New York. So I've been pretty much like a middle school teacher for 24 years. And then um, I was really privileged. I was appointed assistant principal for teaching and learning. Uh, And I had that position for almost 10 years. And then my last, this is my fourth year now at community relations. And, you know, when I think about what people, what what you love about your school, and I think for me, I, I know this sounds like so cliche, but when I started with the school, there were about 200 kids. And it really was your extended family, the staff. The staff was only about 40 people. And they kind of grew with me as I got older. You know, they were, I invited the entire lower school to my wedding. You know, it was that small. And then it just grew. You know, now we're 1350. So it just, they were there as part of my life with my children, with my family. And of course, the kids, I've seen kids born, you know, I knew their parents. And then all of a sudden, 12 years later, I had them in my class. So it's just, it is, it's just lovely. I love that idea that it really is such, it is such a community and they really, people have become really very close to me. And I think that's why I stayed. I would never stay in a place that I didn't feel like my family and I were cared for. Yeah, that's, it's such a cool story to hear and really rare, Nancy. I I really love listening to you sharing about that because it's, it's something that unfortunately is really rare in international education. You understand why, but I think that's really inspirational and I think will really click with a lot of people. Now, you have a course in a community about women in leadership on edusparkworld that we're about to kick off in a big way. Tell us a little bit about what you're wanting to achieve and what you need from the education community to take this to the next level, particularly with the work you're already doing in women in leadership globally. Oh, I'm so excited to be part of the EduSpark community. I mean, to me, this is a huge honor. And any platform to unite and connect female leaders, I I think is uh, an opportunity to just elevate and promote. So really uh, a big shout out to you for providing this platform, first of all. So yay for EduSpark. I think this is something that we really need to celebrate. When it comes to the work that I've done with Women Ed, uh, I started off with Women Ed Luxembourg and even with the ECIS um, platform as well. The first priority for me when looking at EduSpark 
is just elevating voice and creating this sense of community. And within this sense of community, providing that psychological safety that we become a sounding board for one another. And that to me, it has to be intentional. It's not just putting a group of women on a webinar or in terms of getting them together face-to-face. What is the intentionality of what we want to do in getting these women in leadership, these, these educators together and really defining those goals in terms of, is it networking? Is it looking at making sustainable and systematic change in terms of um, employment and careers? Are we looking at promoting gender equity? But my first priority is that networking. Edgespark has a huge family out there right now, a community, and we need to start elevating everyone's voices. And that would be the primary goal of when looking at this community and then doing almost like, I know this sounds crazy, an analysis, getting those voices and saying, what do you need? I don't want to come in with a slide deck and be like, okay, everybody, we're doing this, this, and this. I actually want to survey and get those voices and say, what do you need in terms of EduSpark and this type of platform that would serve you best as women in leadership, rather than coming in with a set idea of, I'm now going to present about this topic, this topic. So prior to even launching, we're going to be talking about what are your needs within your schools? And what resources are you looking for in terms of making this platform really a platform that is that collective wisdom of all those who are part of it? So I find that will be the first, first, I would say, priority when we launch is getting that feedback and using that feedback as the pillars for the course in terms of making sure that it's contextual to their school setting and something that they can then apply to their everyday um, in terms of their leadership and also working within their community. I'm super excited about this. You know, if you're listening and you think this sounds like something you'd love to be involved with, or you know someone that should be involved with this, please reach out to Nancy or myself uh, and we'll make sure we connect you up to be a part of this opportunity because it's a really, really exciting one. So Nancy, thanks for being the lead on this. uh, And it's a real honor to be able to work with you as well. Oh, I can't wait. This is for me, this is going to be something that's going to go to the next level because we're really looking at activating voice um, and using that as a springboard for the course. And that's something I think find is very exciting. And you've done so much in your career, Nancy, and you've touched on some of those things, but what is your next big goal in your career? What do you want to be able to do or achieve that you haven't yet been able to do? Oh, God, that's a great question. I mean, even when I saw this question, I said, you know, I, I thinking about what I would like to do is making those connections to schools that haven't been able to activate or been able to have access to certain professional learning, either due to finance. I think finance has a lot to do. I, I do something, uh, I, I work, uh, I provide seminars called The Loft. And one of the most powerful things about the loft is the idea that I'm reaching schools that would never have been able to afford, let's say, having contact with you and Macintosh or Young Zhao. So now this is what Edgespark's doing as well. You have these different courses that are available that's connecting communities. So I don't see it as something that I haven't done. I just want to continue promoting connections in different platforms, getting that international community really connected and Though COVID has dramatically, dramatically affected who we are globally, 
the silver lining is it's also elevated those connections that we can have within our community. And I, I want to continue that. So it's not anything I haven't done. It's kind of like just continuing amplifying uh, that collaboration on an international scale. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's really cool to hear and perfect person to be able to lead that as well. Nancy, let's jump into some quick fire questions. The first thing that comes to your head and a brief why. What is your hashtag one word for 2022? I'm just going to say smile. Hashtag smile. I don't think that we have to remember that regardless of what's going on every day, it's challenging within schools with COVID when looking at students and with their families. But just remember to smile at people. At times, a smile to another individual makes such a difference in there that you're acknowledging who and what they are in the hallway, wherever. I just love the idea of just smile. I know that sounds very simplistic, but I just think a smile is very powerful and it applies to everything we do in terms of connecting with an individual. The other day I was on a, a, a Zoom and the first thing the person said to me was, my goodness, I opened up and all I saw was your smile. And I was like, oh, is that a good thing? But I was so pleased that they just opened up the Zoom and it wasn't just a bunch of boxes, but they saw someone ready to greet them. So I'm sorry, nothing educational, hashtag smile. I love it. What's your favorite EdTech book or resource? Ah, resources, I would say, I don't know if this is EdTech resource, but I would say my biggest resource in terms of technology is social media is Twitter. I feel that this is the best professional learning I can get in terms of connecting with others. I could look up you, I can look up Jim Knight, I can look up Jay McTie, and all of a sudden I will find a list of resources. I can do a hashtag. I don't know. I was with a, a group of middle leaders the other day and there were like 26 in my course and more than half were not on Twitter. And the first thing I told them, I said, please go. It's not, this is the best PD you can get. Just don't think of Kim Kardashian or something like that when you think of Twitter. Think of certain educators that you really align with philosophically and their values. And that is where you can start your learning. And it's intrinsic and it's just it just gets you hooked. I agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm a huge advocate for Twitter and building PLN. So great shout out. What's your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try, Nancy? Oh, well, this is more educational. No, educational and organizational. I love AirMeets. There's AirMeets, which I love, and there's another one, which is called, I guess I like the word Air, Airtable. AirMeets is somewhat like Zoom, but you're able to organize it differently when it comes to conferences. You're able to actually have, imagine, tables with seats, and I just find it a different way to do a virtual gathering. So I love Air Meets. Air Table, believe it or not, it's just anybody who's into organization and just getting um, sharing ideas. I found Air Table one of the best tools when I'm organizing my own presentations, when I'm organizing different responsibilities, when I'm having an event. So I'm going to go with my two air, air meets and air table. Love it. What's one daily habit or practice that helps you progress and succeed in your career? I would say every morning I like to walk around and make sure I say good morning. To, I know this sounds simplistic. Is saying good morning to people, that connection to start my day to say hello. When I was uh, an assistant principal, I scheduled the first 30 minutes every single day to walk around the building. And that provided 
so much human content. You know, you talk about um, human capital. That was human capital for me. And I learned more about a school by scheduling a half an hour every day, just saying hello. And I think at times leaders, we forget the impact of being, we can get overwhelmed with those operational tasks that we have in the office. But to schedule that time, I would say that was one daily habit that benefited me as uh, an assistant principal, those daily contacts. And it really helped me build those connections with the staff. And that helped my career in terms of collaboration and the idea of ensuring that each educator was first and priority was their well-being as an as a person, how is their family? And then you can start looking at the career because if they're not happy at home, then obviously it's going to have impact as them as an educator. You've been so experienced in the space and that experience is, you know, something that's really valuable. You know, people that are listening in that are, are new in international education and, um, or, or even in education themselves and listening and learning to the things that you've talked about, not just now, but throughout our conversation and the things that I learn from you every day online and the sharing that you do, it's inspirational, Nancy. And I don't know if you know that either, that that people really do look up to the work you do. So I, I wanted to take the opportunity to thank you for that. And and please don't stop because it's it's amazing to be able to connect and engage oh. with you in this space. Oh, you're so kind. And I have to admit, I feel like it's the same with our community, what, you, what you've done with EduSpark. I, we learn from each other. And the funny part is, everyone, I've never met Craig face to face. And this is all virtual. And I feel so close that I could just contact him anytime and be like, can you help me with this? And this is what is the power of this community that we need to continue promoting and learning from each other. You know, Singapore, Brussels, you know, Spain, this is what we need to do in getting those collective practices and just learning from one another. So this to me is a gift. So thank you. I just love the idea of sharing and talking with you. Uh, it's really cool, Nancy. And the stuff you've shared today is inspirational. I'm sure the listeners are going to want to follow and connect with you. What's the best way for them to do that? Definitely, uh, as I mentioned, I'm a, I really appreciate Twitter. I'm Nancy in Lux One. So definitely connect with me on Twitter. And also I would say Twitter is the best way. Um, I'm also have LinkedIn, but I kind of like Twitter because you just get more day-to-day highlights of schools and educators. So definitely Twitter, Nancy in Lux One. Awesome. We'll make sure the links to all of that are in the podcast notes as well, Nancy. Thank you so much for your time today. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was good to hear you and speak with you today. Next week, join me for episode 84 of the Ignite EdTech podcast, when I'm joined by the inspirational Tanya Latanzio. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin, and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too, on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.